Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. You are in the beginning of your career or you're in the middle of your career and people are giving you feedback that is supposed to be helpful to you and therefore you're like, oh, well, let me just make this little adjustment. It won't hurt. But yet you keep shaving and shaving and shaving until there's nothing left. There's nothing left of that beautiful personality that people love. Yeah. There's nothing left of the great ideas that were like hairbrained and off the wall that were like, oh my God, I don't know if that'll work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what you're known for. Yeah. And so it is hard to stick to that. But the challenge that we all face is that greatness isn't born out of the mediocrity of other people's ideas for you. And so if you're going to be great, that means you got to stick to the gift you have. Yep. They don't have it, so they can't even see it. Yep. So I know it's tough, but girl, nothing was given to us that's easy either. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, look, I'm just going to have to be the greatest and it's going to be hard. But look, at the end of my life, I want people to say she was the greatest. Yeah. And that's the only way I'm going to get it is by sticking to what I know. Hi, I'm Rachel. And in this show, we talk about everything. Life and work, health and healing, relationships with others and with ourselves. These are stories for the seekers. These are conversations for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. For anyone who's listening who is not already familiar with this incredible, <laughs> all the things, will yeah. you... Take us on a journey of your career, which I know is is very like it's a Girl. lot, but like a you know in yeah. whatever way you like to tell that story. Oh, in whatever way I like to tell the story. Okay, the journey <laughs> of my career. Maybe I'll just I'll start with how I fell in. Cool. You know, which is that I didn't intend on this career. I wanted to be a doctor. Wow. So I was pre med in college, and kind of dabbling in the arts. Okay even though I still majored in English and African-American studies, on top of the full course load of pre-med. I know. Oh I was one of those people. Yeah, you know? okay. I decided to take a break between my bachelor's degree and going into med school. Like, I took the MCAT. I was, I was ready. All the things. 
Uh, and I got a job at Spike Lee's advertising agency sort of on accident because <laughs> I was from Colorado. I went to school in Connecticut. I didn't want to go back to Colorado because my parents were like, girl, don't come back here without your medical degree. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I was like, you know, I've always wanted to live in New York City. My dad says I've been saying that since I was five. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I chose that city. Never lived in it. Didn't know anybody who lived there. But I went with no money, no plan. Just like, here I am. I knew one person, this woman who graduated the year before me, who was in film school at Columbia. So she lived at 125th Street and Broadway. And she had an apartment that she was sharing with a friend. Girl, I rolled up in there like, I will stay here just as long as I can so I can find my feet and, you know, do this for a year and I'll go to med school. And girl, that's what that's what happened. I got a job temping at Spike Lee's advertising agency. And that led me into the career of advertising and marketing. And so, what year was that? Like that around? was 2000. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I'm sure that company was doing really cool. Well, it like, was. Yeah. The thing is that Spike, of course, you know, very famous, well-known director of film, yeah. was beginning his career in advertising. And so he had a small little agency. I mean, I think I was, like, employee three. Wow. You know, where it's like he was just doing commercials for Nike and for the New York Knicks, of course. Yeah. He did a commercial for Janet Jackson's Velvet Rope Tour. <laughs> We did a commercial for State Farm, and then he went to pitch Pepsi, and they were in the middle of searching for their next big superstar, you know, the one to take the drink shot. Oh, right. Uh, And that was actually the inflection point for me, Mm -hmm. was that I was here, like, you know, temping, thought that I would be out in, like, four months, and I stayed for four years. And he... Asked around the office, like, you know, you know, people's like opinions on like, who's a cool, you know, music artist that could we could use in our commercial. And people were like on Billboard looking at the charts, you know, picking this person and that person, and that person. And I had seen a TV movie called Carmen, the hip opera. It was on MTV starring Beyonce. Yeah. I was she played say. Carmen. Girl, I remember she had the red dress on and the red flower. Yeah. I think little known, of course, now everybody's like, oh, yes, it was Beyonce. Of course she was amazing. No, but at the time, in 2000, she was just leaving Destiny's Child. Mm. There were no, well, there's like one successful solo artist leaving a girl group, Diana Ross. The only person. So it's been a minute. It's been a while. (laughs) And so people were panning her left and right. There were articles being written. There was one famous one, I think, in The Source or something that said, you know, Ashanti was going to be bigger than Beyonce, like she should just cut it out. And she was trying to figure it out. So she was acting. She was singing a little bit. She was like trying everything. But I saw Carmen the Hip Opera and I was like, this is cinema magic. I don't even understand why it's not winning awards. (laughs) I was just like, Beyonce is amazing. Yeah. You know, and so I told Spike that. And look, I was 23 years old and there were you know two other people in the office who knew a whole hell of a lot more than I did Spike himself knew more than I did but when he asked my opinion I said it's Beyonce yeah and he was like "Mm, I don't know you know and everybody else had stats and all of that to go along with their suggestions I didn't even have a second runner-up I was like it's Beyonce that's the only one I'm offering and he met her and the rest is history wow yeah and so that's how I fell into it but from Spike I got a job with PepsiCo. Uh, Then I went to Beats Music, which was acquired by Apple. And then I ran Apple Music and iTunes. 
And then I went to Uber. And then I went to Endeavor, which owns WME and yeah. IMG and the UFC and Miss Universe yeah. and everything. And then Netflix. So you've not worked for any big companies, which is which is a bummer because you won't have any advice. Career. Yeah, Rachel, it's been a quiet what career. What on earth? Do you mm. ever look back on this and go? Do you ever have moments where you're like, "What the hell?" Oh or, man! Or are you just like, "Hell yeah, I, I, I did this thing." <laughs> you know, it's a combination. Yeah, it's a combination of that. I definitely was not planning this. Mm. You know, so when people are like, you know, help me figure out what I'm going to do for the rest of my career, I'm like, girl, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, half of the time. It felt and still feels just divine, yeah. not of my making. Mm. At the same time, it is of my making because I refuse to shrink in the face of the greatness that's in front of me. Okay. Okay. You know? Yeah. It's like yeah. I refuse. So it's like this amazing opportunity comes before me. And that's when I'm like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Let me go do that. Yeah. You know, it's like I didn't plan for that thing to happen. And that's the divine part about it. Mm. That I'm just sitting here operating in my gift. Mm. And then this thing shows up and I'm like, you bet. yes, let's go do that thing. And that's where I feel like my own power plays mm. is that perhaps other people will look at those moments and shrink and say, oh, I don't think so. I don't know. I'm not ready. You know when people talk about imposter syndrome and yeah. stuff like that? Yeah. I'm like, you better kick that bitch in the face. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. No, this is a gift. This what? is a gift. You know, like these opportunities, they don't come to everybody. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. And I feel like even ideas that we have, they don't belong to us. They are gifted to you for a certain amount of time. Yeah, it's and if why you don't use yes, it, you'll see someone else do the idea. Correct. Absolutely. Because it goes somewhere else. Yep. And so why would you look at an opportunity and turn your back on it? And I kind of also feel like I have a deal with God where I'm like, hey, look, you serve me up some really dope shit and I'm going to go do it. Yeah. So just keep bringing it. I'm never going to turn down the gift. I'm not. And even if it doesn't seem right, I'm still going to go. And that's the other thing is that like I don't really ask other people for their opinions on what I should do in my life. Yeah. Because everybody will tell you, no, don't go do that thing. You know, even the point you just made about looking back at my career and being in awe. Look, success has so many authors. I can't tell you how many people today would be like, I knew she was always going to make it. I just knew it. She was she was born like this. Yeah. But along the way, there have been many people who were like, oh, I don't even know why she's doing that. I, I can't believe she left. I can't believe she quit. But here I am. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I'm trying to think of when I first became aware of you, mm -hmm. I'm sure through social media, <laughs> but I do remember that I, whenever I first discovered you, I was like, my God, like her job is so, maybe I saw you speak on a panel or something and uh -huh. I'm just like, wow, what a badass. <laughs> and then like nine months later, it was like, you went to a bigger company. And then like <laughs> five minutes after that, you went to a bigger company. I was like, what? <laughs> In the, this is incredible, yeah, yeah. but I can imagine that people in your life would be like, "Wait, don't you? Oh, yeah. You did it. You got the big job. Yes. Don't don't rock the boat. Don't. Yes. What if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't work? Yeah, that's always the thing. You know, people want you to play it safe, and that's the thing is that I'm not even saying that they hate you, and that's why they're telling you to slow down. It's because they love you. Yeah, they don't want to see you hurt. They don't want to see you fail. I'm sure that's why people in my life have told me, "Don't move." Just sit still. Why do you have to leave? Wait for the next thing. Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't think so. I'm out of here. 
<laughs> you know, it's like, I'm just telling you that these opportunities come and I'm also so grateful. You know, when a new opportunity yeah. shows up, you I'm just so that. grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Like, And I think maybe my, I've been accused of being arrogant. I don't really care, but I feel like my... My feeling is always humility in the face of the opportunities. Mm. Like I just, I cannot believe that they are given to me. Yeah. And that's what makes me humble. Yeah. Now, do I think I'm the greatest to ever do it? Hell yeah. I am the greatest to ever do it. I'll, I'll argue with anybody over that. Right. <laughs> but that combined with the thought that like, God, I can't believe that mm. little old me gets this opportunity. Were you always, did you always have that confidence or is that something you grew over time? You know, I feel like I always had the confidence because there wasn't another option. What do you mean? Meaning that no one ever was like, oh, this is going to be great for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no one ever said that in yeah. life. So yeah. I felt like I always had to show up for myself. Like, I always had to be my own hype man. Mm-hmm. You know, it, was just, yeah. it just wasn't. I've I've told the story before of like when I was um I was probably 13. We had just moved to Colorado Springs, Colorado from Ghana, my family. And um as you can imagine, there weren't a lot of people who looked like me yeah. when we moved there. Look, I came in with a heavy accent. I had braids down to my knees. I was almost six feet tall at that point. <laughs> you know, it's like I just I just did not fit yeah. in with the yeah. other girls that were around, you yeah. know? Um, and I, I remember distinctly, Rachel, I'm telling you, this is the truth. I remember looking in the mirror one day because, you know, it was like people were making fun of me or poking me, making jabs at culture where I came from. And I remember looking in the mirror and being like, I don't understand why they don't know I'm so dope. Like, how do they not see it? Hmm. Like, how do they not know? Like, look at this. <laughs> like, I, first of all, I'm beautiful. <laughs> Also, like, I'm so funny. Dude, like, I remember saying that to incredible. myself. And looking in the mirror and being like, I don't understand. Do you think that was from your parents? I mean, somewhat. But my parents also weren't the people who, like, you walked upstairs and they said, oh, you look beautiful today. Mm. They weren't those people. Yeah. They were, they were harsher than that. Mm. But also more aggressive, you know, in terms of, like, understanding our value. So when we moved, unlike other immigrant families, and by the way, this is not a knock on other immigrant families, but we didn't assimilate. You know, there wasn't that thing where it was like, oh, change your name to be more anglicized. Right. right. Or like, let's not speak our language anymore. Yeah. My mother would have a fit if you weren't speaking our native tongue in her house. Mm. And believe me, when my little white girlfriends came over, she spoke to them in our language. <laughs> Even though they were like, I thought your mom spoke English. I was like, she speaks five languages yes. and she don't give a fuck that yeah. you speak English. You know what I mean? Like, she, she just wasn't doing it. So yeah. that confidence in who I am was born from them. That's Absolutely. Cool. But it wasn't the kind of thing where, you know, you showed up in the in the kitchen table and they were just like, girl, you did something with your hair. You look yeah. cute. Yeah. It, it wasn't that kind yeah. of love, you know? But it was an appreciation for who we are, where we came from, our culture. And so I had that for sure as That's a basis. Awesome. But that moment in looking at myself in the mirror, that was like my own spirit speaking to me. That was like the future version 
of me speaking to me. This is my favorite subject right now. Yeah. Oh, I yeah? honestly, I it keeps coming out because the universe keeps just like uh, giving me these opportunities to talk about it. So yes. do you know Michael Beckwith? He started Agape. Mm. He's like a really, like he was on Oprah Forever. He's a really yes. famous spiritual yes, teacher. Yes, 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 yes. So yes, he was yes, here yes. yesterday and we were talking about this because this <gasps> is like my moving? favorite conversation. Oh mm. I saw this thing on, must have been social or something about mm-hmm. a year ago that said, have you ever thought for anybody who does therapy and yeah. healing work with like your younger self where yes, you go yes. back and you think of a younger self and yeah. you try and like replay connect. the moment or connect or yeah. talk to them. Have you ever thought that when you go back and heal yeah. a younger version of yourself as you are today, uh-huh. you know, what that does to you? But then if you think of the future version of yourself, yes. then when you get wisdom today, is that actually your future self today? Mm. Going back in time yes. and giving you and giving advice you. in this moment, girl. So like, I'm I'm obsessed with this idea. I'm totally obsessed because I've it. also I've yes. always thought about like inner wisdom or you know yeah. guidance, but the idea that it is future you. Yes. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. This episode is brought to you by Progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Yes. By the way, I have also been talking about this. Mm. Like when people ask, like, you know, who inspires you? 
Yes. I'm like 80 year old me. Yes. Girl, yes. Yes, exactly. I am yes. like trying yes. to be her. I'm trying to get to Absolutely. her. I'm like, what would she do in what this moment? What would she do? Yeah, what would she think? She yes. tell me to calm down. And I want her to have some stories. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. But I also believe that's my intuition. Mm. Like when people say intuition, I'm like, that's that. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's that's her yeah. being like, girl, you better not go over there. <laughs> I already, I already saw that that person's asshole. Don't go over there. Yeah. You know, like yes. I, I feel very much connected to the versions of me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's so that's cool. why I am sort of indifferent to other people's opinions. Mm. So people say, "Oh, you're unapologetic," or you walk around like nobody. I'm like, yeah, because none of y'all matter. Mm. Only yeah. myself in the continuum matters. Yes. You know, and so that's why I'm so confident in the decisions I make because I recognize and I hear the voice. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's, yeah, that's, she's saying, don't go over there. Yeah. She's saying, leave this right now. Mm. She's saying, don't do that deal with that person. Even though everybody else in the world is like, oh, but that person is so powerful. Oh, they've done such amazing things. And meanwhile, I'm looking at it like, Mm-mm, not for no, me. Yeah. That's no, fine. This is not the one. Yeah. yeah. And so, that's yes, cool. you're right. I think there was a version of myself. Probably in present day, looking back at that 13-year-old person and saying, girl, don't worry about them. Yeah. Don't even worry about the fact that they can't see you because I see you. Mm. And I know how incredible you are. I know the woman you'll become and the girl you are today. Like that is the voice that I heard then. And I said it aloud to myself. I love this. <laughs> well, I'm curious though, too, you know, you start in this career so young mm. and as you navigate in this world... That can't have always been received well. Oh, yeah. Your confidence can't. I mean, especially going into environments, predominantly men, mm-hmm. predominantly white men, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah like yeah, you're yeah. coming in, you're confident, you believe in yourself. Yeah. In industries where people want you to play small. Ooh. How did you navigate? Like in, in your earlier career, did you have to sort mm-hmm. of play the game? Mm-hmm. Or were you always like, <laughs> I'm here. Let's yeah. go. To some degree, I feel lucky that I got so much criticism early. Ooh, okay. Criticism of, of myself. yourself. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, not of my work. Yeah. My work was always impeccable. It was always criticism of me. So it's like in reviews, you know, you go for your annual review, they never talked about my work. Never. It was always like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're doing a good job. However. <laughs> Sally in HR. Look, this outfit you have on today. <laughs> We're going to have to do something about that. Mm. Or the way that your, you know, your voice gets about two pitches up when you're excited about something, we're going to have to do something about that. You know how like you have an idea and you think your idea is the only good idea and you don't want to work with other people? We're going to have to fix that. You know, stuff like that. Where was I was it just stuff like, that you found, was it valuable or were you like, no? No, I always thought it was bullshit. Yeah. I really did. I honestly, you know. So wait, if someone's listening to this right now and they're like, that's me. I go for the review yeah. and I get those notes. Yeah. How should they manage that or how did you manage okay, that? Okay, so here's the thing. The yeah. truth of it is sometimes there's repetitive stuff that you actually have to pay attention to. Now, I'm not saying that they're right. It's just that if enough people say it to you, You've got to pay attention on how to maneuver around it. Yes. Yes. So when people said, you know, your ideas are really, really good, but you hate to work with other people. And that makes it difficult because we need collaboration in this project. Yes. I was like, okay. So people are feeling like I'm not listening to them. So instead of quieting my idea or instead of saying, oh, let me take your input. All I started to do was the meeting before the meeting. So I'd go around to those same people who had something to say 
and say, hey, look, I was thinking X, Y, and Z thing. What do you think of it? And then they'd give me their criticism right away. Or they, you know, most of the time people aren't brave enough to tell you they criticize your idea to your face. Yeah. So they'd be like, oh, that's a fantastic idea, Boza. Love it. Oh, oh, word. Okay. So then when we go into the meeting, and if you have something different to say than what you told me before, most people aren't brave enough to do that to your face. Yeah. Most of the time, if I went to you before the meeting and you were like, oh, that's a great idea. I wouldn't change a thing. And then we go into the meeting and then guess what I do? My boss is sitting right there. I'm like, so, William, what were you saying before this meeting about my idea? Guess what William says? Yeah. I wouldn't change a thing about yep. it. I think it's fantastic. Yep. Yes. <laughs> it's very rare that people are like, oh, well, you know, I liked it an hour ago, but now I hate it. No, nobody's going to do that. Yeah. And yeah. so to me, it's like that criticism you have to pay attention to because you do have to fix it. Yeah. Otherwise, it will plague you and it will stop you from moving on in your career. Mm. The trick is how do you conquer it? Yeah, without uh, changing yourself. Correct. Yeah, that part. without like hurting your own values. That's so correct. Like, yeah. Yeah, because I still knew my idea was the best. Yeah. I mean, come on. Nobody else had good ideas like me. My version <laughs> of this, it happens all the time. And I feel like I'm going to say this and with my luck, an editor is going to be listening. But I write a lot. And <laughs> mm -hmm. in writing a book or a screenplay or whatever, I get yeah. notes all the time. Yeah. Obviously, people are editing the thing. Obviously. Here's what I will use whatever notes are great. Mm -hmm. And the other I literally just ignore. Yeah. I add nothing. If I don't agree with it, I will not change it at all. Yes. And it is hilarious how many editors are like, I love, I love what you've done with my notes. I love how yes. you incorporated it. I'm like, mm -hmm, <laughs> You're thank like, uh -huh. you. Yes, I thank realize. You. Yeah, exactly. It's like if it's, only, if it's not going to make it better, then yeah. I'm not really interested just to take your advice because you want your advice in the mix yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, the thing is that like usually when you take that advice or that criticism and you incorporate it, most of the time it actually makes it worse. Yes. Okay. This is, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm getting so fired up because this is a really yeah. good one, I think, especially for women. Yeah. I see this happen a lot, mm. especially to women who have platforms. And that could be in any way, musicians, mm -hmm, authors, mm -hmm. speakers, mm -hmm. whatever where they come out, they do really cool stuff, they have their own style and whatever, mm -hmm. and then slowly but surely, mm. like the media, social media, like people, comments, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they start picking away at everything that made that person cool. Yes, This is not right, this is not right. There's someone I'm thinking of in particular who mm. just fabulous style. Mm. That was her thing mm. for, forever, fabulous style. And she used to always show what she, she would be like, this is my, and her stuff was really nice, really expensive yeah. couture, you know, Ooh. the aspirational, yeah. right? But she kept getting beat up so much oh. for how expensive, like, well, I can't afford that or I can't, that now her videos are like, here's how to pair yeah. a white t-shirt with your jeans. I'm like, no, like, no, that was this not is not what you, yeah. you were so cool. Yeah. We didn't need to do what you were doing to admire what you yeah. were doing. Yeah. I feel like the world tries to change what makes women mm. special. Mm. And like, say it. how, yeah. I mean, you are so unique. You are yeah. so unique in so yeah. many ways yeah. that like, even that intuition of like, oh, I'll figure this out, but yeah. I'm not going to do it in a exactly. way that the you way want me say to. It. Yes. yes. Yeah. But that's really, really hard. Like, let's not pretend like that's an easy thing. Yeah. Because the thing is that like, none of us want to fail. Yeah. And so if you're getting feedback, whether it's like, oh, I can't 
you know, afford that thing. So can you please show me how I can use my closet or the things yeah. I can afford to do? And you're thinking, oh, well, I do have talent in yeah. figuring out how to pair these things and make outfits. So let me just use the $15 T-shirt instead right. of the $1,500 right. one, right? Right. But the problem is you've now given the power away of what your special gift was. And so therefore, getting back to the divine intervention, I'm like, look, that gift yeah. that you had, you'll be here turning your nose up at it. So, oh. so why is a gift going to keep gifting? It's not. And I am very aware of that. And that's why if people criticize me for something I said or, man, let me tell you, those boardrooms are no joke. Mm. Okay? They are nobody's playground. And you can be in there and... Just capitulate to whatever people say because it's easier. You know, you don't get hated as much. People don't talk shit about you as much. Yeah. They don't run around and say that like, oh, you know, she's only after things for herself or like she just doesn't want to work with people. They will talk about you. So it's easier to just do the thing that they said. Yeah. But the problem is that I have been given a gift. And you don't understand that gift. And that's why you're criticizing me. But like I heard once, it was like, God gave me a call. It wasn't a conference call. <laughs> so get out of my business. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh Move. God. Yes. Yo, it's in the, look, you didn't get the call. I got the call. So I'm going to do it the way I was told to do it. Oh. And for me, it's been difficult because I haven't been the most popular person in those rooms. And even today, I think if you ask some people who have worked with me, they probably criticize me. Hmm. And that's a difficult thing. Yeah. It's a hard thing to sit with. Do you feel like the criticism is still what it was? Like it's about you, it's not about your yes, work? Yes, absolutely. Because how could you deny my work? Everything I've ever touched has gone gold. <laughs> Girl, please. You know, you can't, like, you, you can't. You would have to be out of your mind. If you went back and looked at the campaigns or even for the time period I was at a place, you cannot deny the work that I did. Mm. And so, of course, you've got to criticize me as a person. Yeah. Because you can't say like, oh, her work was shit. It clearly wasn't. You, you literally have to be crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you would look like a hater. So it's much easier to say, oh, she's hard to work with. Yeah. Or she's so loud. You can't hear anybody else. Or she's only interested in promoting herself and she doesn't care about the company. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I like, I don't know what that means. I, yeah. have no, I have no idea what you're talking right. about. You right. Right. So, but it's a difficult thing. And so, yes, when you are in the beginning of your career or you're in the middle of your career and people are giving you feedback that is supposed to be helpful to you and therefore you're like, oh, well, let me just make this little adjustment. It won't hurt. But yet you keep shaving and shaving and shaving until there's nothing left. There's nothing left of that beautiful personality that people love. Yeah. There's nothing left of the great ideas that were like hairbrained and off the wall that were like, oh my God, I don't know if they'll work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what you're known for. Yeah. And so it is hard to stick to that. But the challenge that we all face is that greatness isn't born out of the mediocrity of other people's ideas for you. And so if you're going to be great, that means you got to stick to the gift you have. Yep. They don't have it, so they can't even see it. Yep. So I know it's tough, but girl, nothing was given to us that's easy either. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, look, I'm just going to have to be the greatest, and it's going to be hard. But look, at the end of my life, I want people to say she was the greatest. Yeah. And that's the only way I'm going to get it is by sticking to what I know.
It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas, Register today at thisisils.org. What are you doing or have you done over the last, let's say, decade Mm -hmm. to take care of yourself in terms of like, do you have routines? Mm. Do you have health practices? Do you have things that you do so that you can go to work and be a badass and do what you need to do? Come home and be a mama. Like, tell us all the things. I have so many things. First of all, you know, there's an African proverb that says if you want to go fast, Go alone. If you want to go far, go, go together. together. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go far. <laughs> so I got my tribe. You're like a legit tribe, though. Not these like sycophants who are sitting here telling me I'm the yeah. my shit don't stick. Even though when they tell me that I have an attitude, I'm like, fuck you. You have an attitude. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know. But I believe them. They are my you know truth speakers. Yeah. I believe them, and that tribe is fierce. You know, it's like the a few months ago I did a, a post dedicated to my best friends. And I was like, some of my best friends don't know that there are other best friends, but there are, you know, because I've known a bunch of these women for 25 years, 30 years. Two of them I've worked with at like four companies or more. Cool. You know, it's like yeah. I've got my tribe of people. And so that for me is one of the areas or one of the places I think is like my secret weapon. You know, it's like one of my girls wrote my resignation letter when I left Uber Mm because I couldn't do it. And so she did. Yeah. And by the way, she's not a marketer. She's a lawyer in Connecticut. (laughs) You know what I mean? In Hartford. Like, she didn't know anything about this business. Yeah. But she did it. Yeah. That place of trust and home is what I need. People talk about self-care Sunday. Okay, sure. Like, I like a bath like everybody else. But that's not where I get my peace. Yeah. You know, it's like I need these people who are rocks for me, you know, who I can go to and be my true, honest self and say, hey, look, like I am scared out of my mind. And they know better than to tell me what to do, though. Like, at least I've trained them that way. (laughs) (laughs) But they'll be the ones to be like, girls, look, okay, all right, then just close your eyes and jump. Yeah. They'll be like, okay, on the count of three. Yeah. Send that email. Yeah. One, two. Sin. You know what I mean? Like, they're, yeah. they're those people. Yeah. And I need them. But I'm also a very, uh, maybe surprised to a lot of people, I find myself to be a loner. Mm. You know, so there's like that combination of like plugging into my network of safety when I need it. But I do a lot of inner work. Mm-hmm. You know, I do a lot of thinking by myself. So those moments of quiet, especially in the morning, mm-hmm. I love that. You know, I used to not be a morning person, but dawn is really one of my favorite times of day. Yeah. I do a lot of thinking at dawn. I find that I talk to God a lot at dawn. And God isn't like, you know, some weirdo spirit that's like out there somewhere. God is like my homie. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Sometimes I'm really angry at God. You know, God is like a person that like, you know, you really love, but sometimes you don't like him. Yeah. That's like that. Absolutely. For me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, so I find that my way of working through those tough moments, those, you know, hard ones, whether my career, my personal life, all that, yeah, that's that's where I am. I'm like by myself with God or I'm with my girls. Yeah. Those are the two places that I find my peace. 
what's like wellness, nutrition? Oh. Are you into exercise? Yes. Like what, what does yes. that look like? Well, interestingly enough, gosh, maybe it was like six or seven years ago. Um, I was just coming out of my job at Uber. Up until then, I hadn't had a regular workout routine. When I was in high school and college, I ran track pretty seriously. But when I got burnt out, I quit running and I was like, look, I'm wearing heels from now on just so I don't even get tempted to run. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> like a sneaker is not going to touch my feet. Yeah. You know, at one part, at one point, actually, this is a true story. I was having problems like wearing flats, like my feet would hurt. And the podiatrist told me that I had developed like Barbie foot. You know, where like my Achilles has shrunk. Girl, no, I'm telling you. When you I shouldn't laugh. It, it goes I, away. I, I'm telling you. I didn't know either. I was like, oh, damn. I didn't even realize. You know? Yeah, I was coming out of my job at Uber and it was just towards the end when I was like looking at myself in the mirror and being like, girl, you don't look good. Like, you know, it wasn't that I was like very overweight or there were things, you know, that maybe yeah. the outside world would be like, girl, you need to get yourself in shape. You know, it yeah. wasn't like that. But I could just see it. You but, know, yeah. I, I didn't feel healthy. And I knew I needed to do something. And so I called, again, one of my, you know, my girls in my circle who like to work out. And I was like, girl, I need to get on a program. And she was like, you're going to do it for three months and you're going to be done. I'm like, yeah, probably. So go ahead and give me <laughs> the number. give it to me anyway. Exactly. Let me just get, yeah. let me get snatched and then yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah. You know? But I have found that to be such an amazing way for me to work all of the things. Yeah. You know, everything they said was true. You yeah. know, it's like. Work out my anger, my frustration. Right. I get energy. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel strong. Like, I can run through an airport and not be winded. Yeah. You know, it's like all the things. And I think as I get older, it is also such a beautiful thing to feel at my most physical, superior self mm-hmm. at an older age. Yeah. So that is like, yeah. So those are, I, I would say that. And, you know, it's like, look, I'm, I, I drink. You know what I'm saying? So I won't, I'm not going to be like, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't smoke, I don't drink. Blah, blah, blah. No, I do all those things. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. not really smoke. But, you know, it's like I, I don't have a strict regimen in terms of my nutrition. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the balance of my life, you know, the check-ins that I'm like, hey, do you feel good? Yeah. Like, do I feel good inside of my body? Do yeah. I feel good inside of my mind? Do I feel good inside of my heart? Like, those checks... If anything's ever off, then I then I focus on that. Yeah, the area of tension. Yes, correct. And I don't know why there are helicopters like circling today, mm. but I feel like it's worth mentioning in case anyone listening is like, what is happening <laughs> exactly. behind them? We're not stopping. The devil's trying to make us stop <laughs> okay, this exactly. conversation, no. but we're not going to do Get it. Get thee behind us. Good. Let's go. It's too good. How old is your daughter now? Is she's she, 14. She's 14. Oh, 14 and a half. Girl. Oh, my god! I got to have the half in Yeah. There. And what has it been like to be raising a daughter, to raise the next yes. generation of women Ooh. as you're navigating this career yeah. path that is so unique to you? Oh, now this is a big one um, because I really did not want to be a mother. Really? Mm-mm. Wow. No. I just didn't feel it. You know, mm-hmm. like when I was growing up, I wasn't one of those people. Yeah. Who were like, I can't wait to get married and have kids. Mm-hmm. And I end up getting married at 26. <laughs> My husband really wanted a family. He wanted a big family. He was the youngest of six. Oh, wow. I was the eldest of four. He was like, we are destined to have a big family. <laughs> and I'm over here like, mm, boy, I don't even want to have one. Yeah. You know? And so I delayed like for five years of our marriage, like, you know, being like, oh, I'm not ready yet. Oh, let me do this one thing first. And then, oh, let's talk about it later. When I got pregnant, it was totally unexpected. 
I was on the pill and everything. Oh, I got pregnant on the pill too. I mean, what the hell yeah. is that? He's 15. Look, okay, <laughs> God bless him. So I got pregnant and I remember like literally, you know, the moment of like, there's no way I'm pregnant, right? And taking the test and then the test came back positive and I was like, what? And I immediately started crying. Meanwhile, my husband is like dancing around like so happy. Yeah. I didn't even tell my mother for like two weeks because I just, I couldn't believe it. And yeah. I was like, there's no way. You were in shock. And acclimating to the idea of motherhood was very, very difficult for me. But, you know, nothing is ever simple or straightforward. Mm -hmm. And just as I was beginning to be like, okay, you know what? There is clearly a person inside of there. <laughs> and this person is going to be outside at some point. So let me go ahead and just figure out how I'm going to be. I got sick mm. with preeclampsia, oh, early man. onset. And it was crazy because I had never known anybody who'd ever gotten ill. Like, my mother had had four children just fine. Aunts, One of my aunts has nine kids. Yeah. Like, they, people were just popping out babies. Yeah. Nobody ever talked about danger. And so I didn't know. And it was one of those situations where it's like I was bloating. Mm -hmm. And people were just like, oh, you have a glow. Yeah. You know, because yeah. nobody ever wants to insult you, right? Yeah. And I just wasn't aware of what dangers could be. And so I, I didn't ask any questions. And I had an angel in my office at Pepsi who was the secretary of one of the VPs. And she was very brave. And one day came to me. I was probably like six and a half months pregnant. She came to me and she was just like, Bose, you don't look well. And I was like, how dare you tell yeah, a pregnant woman I don't yeah. look? And she was like, you don't. And thank God that there was a whole facility at PepsiCo, like doctors and everything. So I went down to the medical center. She forced me down there, walked with me. And when I got down there, they said my blood pressure was through the roof. And I, I'd never had any issue with health or anything. Yeah. So it was so bad that they rushed me to the hospital, like immediately. When I got there, there was a team of doctors already waiting for me. When I arrived, and I was like, oh, shit, this is really serious. Yeah. And over the course of the next 48 hours, they tried everything to get my blood pressure down and couldn't. And so the doctor gave us two choices and said either I could attempt to continue on with the pregnancy, maybe I would last another two weeks, but one way or another, this pregnancy was gonna kill me. And while I was out of it, my husband decided that we would go ahead and induce. Mm. And it was maybe one of the most painful things of my life. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, my daughter didn't survive that birth. And I was... Anger doesn't begin to describe the feeling. I was angry at everybody. I was angry at myself. You know, because I was thinking, it's got to be my fault. Yeah. Right? Because, yeah. like, first of all, I didn't want this kid. And nobody ever talks about that. Yeah. We really don't as women. We really should. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, what is wrong with my body? Like, what am I doing that mm -hmm. could have done better? Also, what the hell's wrong with my husband? Yeah. <laughs> How could he have made that choice? Yeah. You know, because all of a sudden our roles had flipped. Now, all of a sudden, he was like, oh, no, 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 we, we don't, this is fine. You know, yeah. let's, just, let's just risk the baby's life. Keep yeah. hers. Yeah. And 
at the time, it was really confusing for me because I was like, you know, here I am, like my career is going so well. Nobody would look at me and say, oh, you're not ready for a baby. Of course, like I'm in my early 30s. You know, I've been married for five years already. It's like, sure, you have money. It's like successful. Go ahead, have the baby. And then here I am like failing at it. And it just felt unfair. And I was pissed. Yeah. And so as I then embarked on like the healing journey of coming back and out of that experience, I was completely irrational. You know, it's like I had a therapist, you know, who was helping me with the processes. And I was like, bump that. The only thing that's going to heal me is to have another baby. Mm. And literally everyone was like, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> My doctor was like, your body yeah. isn't ready for it. Mm. My husband was like, oh, no, we're not doing it. I'm staying far away from you. Yeah. You know, my psychologist was like, no, you just probably need more pills, <laughs> you yeah. know? But three months after Eve died, I was pregnant with Lael. Mm. And I was overjoyed. Like I, it was, I was like, this is a miracle and I am not wasting this one. Yeah. And at the same time, I was scared out of my mind. I bet. Oh, God. Because I, I was like, yeah. what if this happens again? Yeah. What, what can I do? You know, and my husband's family uh, is Italian. And my mother-in-law was like, here, eat these cloves of garlic raw. <laughs> this is going to keep your blood pressure down. Girl, I was like, Where, where's the garlic? Just <laughs> give, give me more of that garlic. You know, I was buying it by the bushel yes. at that point. And I was doing everything in my power. But the problem is that, like, you don't have a power over yeah. that. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so five months into my pregnancy, here I was with preeclampsia no again. No way. Yes. Oh, wow. But this time, at least, I was aware yeah. that it's not all roses mm-hmm. as you walk down this journey of pregnancy. And I was more aware of maternal death and, mm-hmm. like, all of the things that are scary. So I wasn't afraid then to face it. I wasn't afraid to be like, you doctor are fired. I need a specialist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I I took that into my own hands and said, okay, let me find a specialist. And found a great specialist who was amazing, New York Presbyterian Hospital. Shout out to them. <laughs> and, you know, it's like Leal was also born a super preemie, but like one look at her. You know, as she was born, my doctors was like, don't don't worry about whether or not she cries because she probably won't. Her lungs aren't strong enough. But that girl came out wailing, <laughs> like just a big old roar, you know? And I was like, give her to me. And that moment just changed my entire life. Like I understood in a year what it was like to hold a dead baby. Mm. And what it was to hold a living one. And the space in between that made me the mother that I am. Mm. You know, so every day with Lael is a miracle to me. I just, I can't even believe it. She is her own human. Yeah. (laughs) And I love that. Yeah. You know, and I think that for me, motherhood isn't so much like, how can I control her? It is that, like, I feel like a guardian. Yeah. You know, I just feel like she's been entrusted to me for a short amount of time. Yeah. And I'm just supposed to make sure she doesn't, like, implode. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. just keep her safe yeah. on this journey till she becomes whoever she's supposed to be. Absolutely. And that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so that's the relationship that I have with my own motherhood, you know, feeling like I am more of a guardian than I am 
somebody to control the situation to make sure that like she's doing everything perfectly. Yeah. Because I don't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not what I do. How have you navigated raising her as you have this career? Mm. And I am asking this question with a really specific intention, which is yeah. uh, so many members of my community are like, how do you do it all? How do you do it all? I'm like, I don't. <laughs> I don't do it all. Yeah. I have a babysitter who comes in the afternoon. Yeah. I have a housekeeper who comes three days a week. Yeah. I, I have a niece who lives in L.A. who will come and stay overnight if I need to travel yeah, out of town. Yeah. I yeah. don't do this all by myself. And there are so many women, successful women, yeah. that it's sort of like, how do you do it all? And they're like, oh, I'm just well organized. I'm like, there, no way. No, no way. No way. No. And you will destroy yourself thinking that you are supposed to do it all yeah. perfectly. Yeah. So have you, like, how did you figure that yeah. out? Well, I think, you know, the combination of tragedies is actually also what helped me to figure it out, yeah. right? Because there was nobody else to really depend on. You know, after all of that with Lael being born and all of that, it's like my husband then passed away, Yeah. you know, of cancer when Lael was four. And so, again, my motherhood changed. Like, the relationship with her changed. Yes. And so, again, it was no longer like, oh, let me try to be this perfect person. It was like, yeah, I was capable of bursting into tears at any moment. And after some time, I was like, girl, you're going to have to see me cry because I don't even know. I can't run out the room every time. Yeah. You know? And so that changed our dynamic in that I feel like she found it easier to be honest with me about her feelings because she could see mine. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm not the perfect person. I do, sometimes I don't know what in the hell I'm doing. Yeah. And I'm okay with telling her that. And so even in my career, it has been that way. Where it's like she has had a front row seat <laughs> to the ups and downs, to my fear, to my excitement, to my ambition. Yeah. You know, to my disappointments. And I find that in making the choices that I make about time you know, has also been a product of our unique situation. You know, it's like, again, I don't feel like I'm here to like just control every single part of the thing. Like we're, we are somewhat partners in this. I need her to tell me as much of what she needs from me is like I can then provide for her. Yes. Right. And yeah. that's kind of our deal. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, look, you need me to be at the volleyball game? Are you sure? Yeah. Because I'm supposed to be over here at this meeting. If you tell me yes. that I have to be at this, I will be there. Yes. But girl, you know I really want to be at this meeting. Yes. You know what yeah, I mean? And yeah. I, don't, I don't say it in a way to make her feel that she's less important than the meeting. Yes. But she also understands that the meeting is also important to me. Like, I'm well, not hiding any of that. And I think when they're younger, at least me, this is my experience, that I would go to everything because I thought that they cared about everything. Yeah, but they It don't. took a while for me to realize, like, oh, no, you just care about these two very specific yes. things. Yes. I will never miss those two things. Yeah. But everything else, yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm letting go. Yeah, the exactly. other moms can do And the that thing one. is that I think it actually gives her more power because she can actually vocalize to me. Like, yeah. she can say, like, I really want you with this thing. Yeah. And I'm like, girl, I got to move heaven and earth. And she's like. Yeah. You know, but it gives her power. <laughs> but she also, I think for us, like our balance is that she doesn't, she doesn't abuse the power. Yeah. You know, she doesn't say like, oh, I need you at every single thing. No, she tells me the things she needs. And then, by the way, the opinions of all these other mothers don't really matter to me. Ooh. So it's like, we've yes. got to do the bake sale or whatever. Yeah. Look, can I pay somebody else to make these The cookies? amount of time that I have said, can I just donate? Can I can just I donate? Just donate? Like, Look, tell me, who's Venmo? Who am I Venmoing? Correct. We, I, Absolutely. Yeah, I can't bake. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't, or it's like, you don't. know, the team 
gift that we got to give. Yeah. I'm like, okay, who do I pay for my portion? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not yes. making anything. You know? Yeah. So I am okay with that. Yeah. And I recognize that, of course, sometimes you get the little Snickers from, you know, yeah. whoever. But yeah. you know what? I'll bring the cookies on a nice plate. But I sure as hell didn't bake them. <laughs> <laughs> it came from the nice bakery down the street. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, but you have to become okay with that. Yeah. You know, because I think every input, right, tells us that we're supposed to do this. And now that we can see the hacks on TikTok and whatnot, you know, it's like, right. don't let a holiday come around and you're supposed to decorate your house from yeah. top to bottom. And you're over here trying to figure out how to make a gingerbread house that doesn't fall down. I don't know. You know, I'm not making a gingerbread house. This is not my gift. I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? Like, first of all, I'm going to pay somebody to come put the lights on. Exactly. You know, now the part I will do is we will decorate the tree together. Right. But somebody's going to bring the tree inside. Yes. Somebody's going to set it up. Yeah. Pick and choose correct. the pieces that matter to your family. That's correct. And yeah. then I'm going to call Jeff Bezos at Amazon and tell him to send me some ornaments. <laughs> not literally, but you know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we're going to have those ornaments delivered. And then she and I are going to pick a night. And we're going to decorate the tree. Yeah. But all these other things that people are doing and hiding things. No, I'm not doing any of yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what the next chapter of your career looks Ooh, like as I you look know. into the future. Because you have, you're the only executive mm-hmm. I know of at a major corporation besides the people who founded it. Yeah. Who you are also a personality. You have your yes. own brand. You've True. been very intentional about that. <laughs> are you... I mean, I'm sure you know, but like, are you allowed to talk about what, you know, what you're doing now? What does it look like in the future? Okay. So first of all, I have to just go back to that point, right? Which is like the whole, how do I even say it? It's like, I believe in a personal brand. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Like I'm a marketer. So clearly I believe in brands, but I have heard again and again and again, Bose, you're not above this company. Which is kind, of, which is crazy, because you are in your own life, I'm like, obviously. Yes, of course yeah, I am. What You're are supposed you supposed to be about? the main character of the yes, movie of your life, but that's not how we're made to feel yeah. in these companies. Yeah, you're not supposed to be. Yeah, it's like we, and no, it's me. Yeah, you know that's what I'm saying. And so, no, that has not been applauded, but it is actually what is now saving me, right? Mm. And so my question and my challenge always to women who are in these spaces who are like, put your head down, do the work, you'll be recognized later, is like, girl, later's going to come and nobody's going to know your name. Later's going to come and all those things that you did, nobody's going to give you credit. Yeah. Later's going to come and you're going to try to check in and, you know, like cash in your chips and everybody's going to be like, that's worthless. Because guess what? It belonged to that other person. And so I, de- I never wanted to be in that position. And I understood very clearly that that could happen to me. Yep. Like, I saw that early. I was like, oh no, these people are going to take all the credit. And then at some point I'm going to get to a place where like you can't get any higher. I already knew that. Whether that meant that I was going to be stuck in middle management, that's actually what I thought. I didn't think I would ever get to the C-suite. But when I got there and I could see very clearly the next peak and looking at it and being like, now how am I going to get over there if nobody knows that I made it to the top of this? Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, oh, okay, I've got to be intentional about getting my name out there. I've got to be intentional about praising myself. And what exactly did you do? Was it like, I'm going to start speaking on panels, which I think yeah. is how I first, like, for someone who's like, yes, I'm there, yeah. what do the, what does she do? It's even, it's even more base than that. It was simply lauding myself. Mm. 
it meant that like because look nobody was inviting me on onto panels until they knew my name <laughs> yeah right you know what i'm saying like yeah. who who's gonna know who i am yeah. so it started in the office it started in those meetings where something happens successfully and everybody be like good job team yeah and guess what i did the thing that nobody wants to do i'd be like yeah so i did <laughs> <laughs> And look, again, it's not easy. I'm not pretending as if like, oh, you're going to roll up to your office tomorrow and somebody's going to say, oh, good job, team. And then you're going to sit there and feel comfortable in saying, well, the part I contributed was. That is not comfortable. I'm telling you right now, your armpits will itch. You'll get a freaking cold sweat. Your voice will shake. Girl, do that anyway. Do that anyway. Because that's how they're going to know. Yeah. Otherwise, nobody knows. Yeah. Like, I re distinctly remember, and this is actually the point that when it happened to me was I was at PepsiCo, okay? Top of my career at PepsiCo, running music and entertainment marketing, I had successfully negotiated the Super Bowl halftime show partnership with the NFL for the first time for PepsiCo. My husband had just died. And I was sitting in the office at my review. And my boss looks to me and says, you haven't hit enough home runs. I wasn't even out of bereavement leave. I had just come in for that. And I was sitting there thinking, but how could he not know? How could he not know that I did that? Yeah. All of y'all running around, high-fiving, Beyonce's getting Emmys, and everybody's out here talking about, ooh, Bruno Mars next, Lady Gaga next. Yeah, I did that. How do you not know that? And it was in that moment I was like, oh, I will never make that mistake again. Never again. And I don't care who it makes uncomfortable. Mm. If I'm in the room and I did that, girl, you're going to know I did it. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> I don't care if you mad at me. Yeah. Because it's the truth. What, you going to argue with me? Yeah. Who's going to argue? Yeah. Because I did it. And so it doesn't even start with like getting on panels. It starts with you right mm. now. Are you talking about yourself? Are you praising yourself? Are you saying, girl, you did a good job? Mm. Are you on Instagram talking about, look at what I did? If you're not, you better start now. <laughs> when you do that project that does really well, I don't care how small it is. I don't care what, I don't care what your role was in it. Whatever that little bitty piece was, talk mm. about it. Mm. Let your friends who are following you big you up. Yeah. I'm sure they do. When you yeah. put up a cute outfit, they're like, girl, I never seen no jeans look like that before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when you <laughs> when you added one plus one and equals two at your job, put that on Instagram too and let them praise you for that. Yeah. Because it doesn't, it's not about just getting the <sighs> recognition from an industry. It's the recognition of yourself mm -hmm. in the space. Yeah. And so building the brand really does start at the very bottom with you. If you are going to say you did a good job, believe me, other people will start to say it too. Mm -hmm. And that's how it starts. Yeah. And eventually, yes, of course, people start calling you and being like, will you please come on this panel? Oh, because you saw that I did that thing over there? Mm-hmm. Sure will. <laughs> yeah. And then that builds and builds and builds. And so as I look now in my career, it's like, look, I've had 25 years of this. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, okay, I think it's time for me. Yeah. And do I know exactly what it looks like? No, girl, yeah. I don't. I yeah. wish I did. Yeah. But I am trusting of that future self. Yeah. That woman over there who's going to say that, like, girl, you better look around the corner. That next opportunity is coming. And I'm patient in it, too. 
Like, I have faith that it's coming. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But I'm so open. Like, I didn't think I was going to be an author either. Yeah. But look, I wrote a book. Yeah. God damn it, I wrote a book. (laughs) (laughs) And it's successful, we thank God. You know? (laughs) And so I don't know. I don't know what's coming. Yeah. But I'm so excited for whatever it is. Like, I just feel like, oh, man, like the next chapter must be amazing. Mm. Like, I'm, like, I'm telling you, I hope you can feel it. Like, I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah. I, like, and I can't wait to come back and be like, girl, you won't believe what I'm yeah. doing. Yeah. You know like, what I mean? Remember? Remember? Yeah. Remember yeah. what I said? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I, I know for sure that I won't be in a place where I feel the need to answer to other people. That is done. That's going to be fucking incredible to behold. Like, because you have only worked inside of other people's companies, when it's actually your own thing, people better watch out. Who's going to stop me? People better watch out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be. Yes. Because it's like a total unleashing. Yes. Yeah. I've been kind. (laughs) I've been real nice to these hoes. Okay. (laughs) They haven't even seen the fullness yet. Yeah. And so that's what I'm excited by. I'm excited by this freedom. Do you feel like it's sort of you at the forefront or is it you yeah. running? Meaning like, is it a show, a podcast? Mm. Is it that? Or is it like you're God, running a, really a company? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I do feel this like immense freedom though. Cool. You know, like I really, like that's what I feel. And so I don't know how it, manifest yeah, yeah i'm not quite sure what it yeah. becomes yeah but like i also have a lot of ideas and i'm like oh i kind of want to do this i kind of want to do that yeah and after i published my book and after i was done doing the press for it i've spent a lot of time i would say like the last nine months just doing a little bit of everything i feel like i've been at a buffet <laughs> for the last nine months you know just yeah. taking a little bite of everything yeah some things i was like oh nope not liking that yeah you know like, for instance, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to consult on marketing. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Because yeah. eh, people are oh, you should build a marketing consulting company. Nah, I'm not no, going to do you. it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I feel more freedom today than I've ever felt. I feel more powerful than I've ever felt. And so I'm just ready. I, I'm kind of just here waiting to see where the lightning is going to strike. Yeah. And then I'm going for that. Yeah. You, you remind me of, I was having this conversation last night with my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. We were talking about resentment. In my new book, it's all about questions to ask yourself. And I wanted to include a chapter on resentment that women feel and specifically thinking about resentment with your partner, resentment, maybe that you see another mom who very specifically had a friend who was telling me that she's feeling really overwhelmed with Mm. parenting Mm. and she keeps seeing this woman on social media who is divorced so she has her kids half the time Mm. and she feels resentful that this Mm. woman gets to have this break that she never gets to have. I was talking about it with my boo and he said, you know, isn't it funny? I think resentment always shows up when you're looking at someone else's freedom, (gasps) when you're looking at freedom that you don't have. And I, I think that about you, that like what we see yes. is a woman who is free. Yes. We see you're, you won't let people make you small. You won't like play by their rules. You oh won't give up. And people are like, oh, well, you're too full of yourself or you're this, yes. you know, what you were saying at the beginning. Yes. What they're resenting is the freedom. Girl, what? Yeah. Yo. Yeah. Because it's like. That's a whole word. If we, if we 
have something in our life, we don't begrudge it to yeah, other people. Yeah, to other people. Exactly. It's like when you yeah. are a woman and maybe you're, or even a man, yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. like, wait, you're yeah. not a lot. You're playing by rules. Yeah. I played by rules, and you're not playing by those rules, right. and I don't like it. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. That part. Yeah. Ooh, but that's a, ooh, that's that's a whole good. nother. Yes, by the way, on yeah. the whole, that, everything that you just said and yeah. everything that you're writing. Yeah. Because honestly, like that idea of resentment is such a deep one. Yeah. I am intentional in my life in trying not to be resentful of anything. Mm. Resentful in my own life, yeah. I mean. That like I don't want to, and that's I think part of the reason why I make the decisions I make, you know, even for myself, that like I don't want to overstay in a place because I'll end up resenting yeah. that place. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know? real. Or in a relationship. Yeah. Sometimes even in a friendship. Yeah. Like I just don't want to be in a place where it's like I feel as if that thing is going to somehow make me feel badly. Well, you know, okay. and that's a different that's a yeah. different definition of resentment yeah. because like I really love this idea of like when you're feeling resentful, is it because you're looking at somebody else's freedom or somebody else's whatever yes. that makes you feel less than? Yeah. But it can also I think like when you look at yourself and you're looking at your own life, you can start to resent your life, not based on somebody else's barometer, but based on your own. That is real. That yeah. was so real. Yeah. You just said something that I that I had sort of like a light bulb moment. Mm. This idea of letting things go before it becomes something you resent. Yes. I, I feel like I'm pretty – how do I say this? In relationships, in friendships, mm. in, in mm-hmm. all things, I'm the most loyal person. Mm. But – once I realize mm-hmm. that this is not, once I like, if I see who you really are, yeah. or once I realize like, nope, this is actually not going to be, I'm like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. And I don't ever, I don't dip back in. I don't, I'm like, it's that mm. fast for me. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like that's something people have in my life have sort of clapped back on is mm. like, oh, so someone's just going to oh. make a mistake and you're going to, yeah. and I'm like, I heard that, that level of, yeah, that's, or this wasn't one mistake. This was over and over and over yeah. that, that old expression when someone shows you who they are, believe, believe them. them the first time. Yes. Yeah. So how it sounds like you, you are the same way oh, and that yes. when it's time to go, you allow this thing. Thank you for the time, yeah. whether it's a friendship or work or whatever. Yeah. yeah. How do you handle the pushback? Of yeah. That? Oh, because that is a hard thing also. You know, because not even just like other people telling you that like, oh, how could you quit on this? Right. Blah, 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 blah. Like I, in my career, I've been like accused of not being resilient or being a quitter because I'm like, oh, you get up and leave when things get tough. And I'm like, no, it's just that like I am saving myself. Yeah. I don't know why I got to save all you other people. Right. Like, you know, I'm just I'm out here trying to live the best life that I can live. Yes. The healthiest life that I can live. Yes. The most protected life that I can live. And so when I start to see something that is not serving me, hell yeah, I'm out. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm watching myself in a movie. Yeah. You know when you start to see that person go down the dark alley and then the music starts coming on and you're like, girl, no, come back. Don't go down there. Yeah, I'm watching myself in my own film. Yeah. And I can see that I'm about to go down a dark alley. Right. And instead of going there and then seeing the boogeyman, yes. I'm going to turn my ass around yeah. and go back to where all the people are at. Yes. <laughs> you know I mean? Go back to the bar. Yes. You know, in the safety of the light. Right. That's what I'm doing. And so whether that is a relationship or someone who has shown me who they are, I don't care if it's the first time. Yeah. 
like all I need is just a little bit of hint of something. And it tells me everything I need to know. But I think that also comes down to trust of yourself. You know, it's like that. Yeah. It, it really does come down to that. It's like, do you trust yourself enough to know when something isn't working for you? Yes. Or are you here just waiting for everybody else to tell you? You waiting for the audience to scream at you and tell you, come back from the dark alley. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or yeah. like, you didn't, you didn't see that you were walking into a dark alley? Yeah. You didn't see that for yourself? Come yeah. on, girl, let's go. Come on. What are you doing? And we know these things. That's what always like frustrates me when somebody is like, oh, but you left too early. I'm like, no, but I know it. Right. What, am I wait- what proof right. am I waiting for? Yeah. And you don't need permission to save yourself. No, you don't. But we're, it's like we're waiting for someone yes. to be like, yes, it's okay. Yeah. This doesn't feel right for you. Yes, it's okay. You yeah. should leave. Yeah. No, you, it doesn't feel right for you. Bounce. But, Go. And it's you know done. what? And people, of course, make you try to feel, make, yes. make you feel bad. Of yes. course. Especially if, if, especially you're, if they're, they're leaving there. them. Oh, if they're, still, if they're there. still there or you're leaving them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Of course, yes. they're going to try and make you feel bad. Yes. But the thing is that the truth is that they probably want to leave too. Exactly. It's that the resentment again. <laughs> yeah. You're expressing yeah. a freedom yeah, yeah, yeah. that they don't have. But I definitely, I feel that. I'm like, look, in anything, a friendship, a romantic relationship, a job, girl, a hobby. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? This crocheting isn't working out. I don't like quilting I think I'm going to try something else. Yeah. No, yeah. but the truth of the matter is that like we stay too long. And that's a waste of time. Amen. Amen. It's a waste of time. I don't got time to waste. Yeah. I, I'm living a, a really full, wonderful life. And I want to live like every single moment of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. This has been such a blessing. <laughs> I'm so glad. You Thank pumped you. me up. I'm sure you pumped these guys up. <clears throat> We're all going to go take on the world now. No, yes, immediately. <laughs> if people are listening and they want to hang out with you online, they want to get yes. the book, like, please tell us oh, all the places. Oh, I know, right. Okay, so I wrote my memoir yes, called The Urgent did. Life, which is you know, my story of love, loss, and survival. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it's like, you know, we're at the peak of whatever you're doing and something happens to you. It doesn't need to be necessarily the same stories that I just told about my losses, but, you know, we all suffer a number of losses in life and it doesn't have to get in your way, you know, not meaning that like you just like throw that old memory behind because I don't believe in the idea that like time heals all wounds. I don't believe in that. I'm like, that grief comes with me. It's just that I know how to carry it now. Mm. So it doesn't stop me from doing the things I want to do or living the life I want to live. And so, yes, it is possible to live your best life, even if everything has gone to shit. Yeah. You know, it's possible to live a really beautiful and loving life, even if you've lost love. Mm -hmm. Like that is, it's possible to do those things. And so that's what I am living. If you want to watch me live my life, I'm badass bows across every platform. Yes, you are. And yes, I did name myself badass because I am. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I really do hope that the life I'm living is going to make the 80-year-old me proud. You know, make her feel like, girl, you had some time, didn't you? You know what I'm saying? With a little bourbon on the porch, like rocking back and forth and being like, y'all didn't know me back then. (laughs) You know, I, I I want that. And I can't wait for that. I'm so excited for her. So cool. Thank you so much. Oh, this has been so fun. Thank you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.
It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas, Register today at thisisils.org.